Welcome to episode 13 of the Babes Talking Business podcast. On this week's episode, we have the CEO and co-founder of service.com.au, Dan Kerr. Wait until you sit in a room with Dan and talk business with this guy. Seriously, we love his concepts and his point of view on all things about business. And we're so excited that you get a chance to jump into his mind with us and learn from him a little bit too. So the guys at service.com.au have created a next level online marketplace connecting Australians with verified and peer-reviewed trades and service providers. And like Dan likes to explain it, it's kind of like Uber and Yellow Pages having a baby and creating this amazing online platform where Aussies can pretty much just find a trading. So what started off as an idea seven years ago has today developed into one of Australia's top leading local service providers with over 80,000 trades listed Australia-wide. This is crazy. And, you know, it's no wonder these guys have achieved such significant growth. Chatting to Dan about all aspects of business in this episode, like startups, turning ideas into concepts, hustling, knowing your skill sets, business in partnerships, sales, and so much more. It really is so inspiring to hear from Dan and learn more about how they have been able to create the success that they have. You can check out their website and all the books that Dan recommends below in the episode show notes. You can also find the link to Babes Talking Business website, www.babestalkingbusiness.com, as well as the link to our YouTube channel where you can sit and watch every single episode if that's your thing and don't forget to subscribe and give us a like if you loved the episode and leave us a comment and let us know what you'd love to hear more of next you can also catch us on the babes talking business instagram at babes talking business where we do a shout out of the week every single week are you a budding entrepreneur or a small business owner looking to boost your brand's visibility? Then head over to our BTB podcast channel on the iTunes app and leave us a five-star review for your chance to be the shout out of the week over on our Instagram channel. Don't forget to leave your Instagram handle and all your website so we can link our tribe to you when we do our weekly shout out. Get ready for some next level chat, guys. We loved this episode so much and we know you're going to love it too. I'm excited. <laughs> you look like you're... <laughs> you look like you're excited too, Dan. I will be. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know you, you're obviously my sexy man, Dan. This is my partner, but you're also an, an amazing, successful businessman. <laughs> I think I've learned a lot from business just from learning from you. And I think it's really cool was Shane and I were talking about earlier today that I think one of the things that inspired doing the Babes Talking Business podcast or vlog cast was the fact the conversations that we have just like outside of work on the weekends and stuff. Yeah, well, because we double date all the time. <laughs> and we just end up talking about business at the dinner table. So I feel like Matt should be here. I know. I feel like we're leaving him out. He can be on a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we're thinking about picking your brain and maybe sharing with some people tuning in um, on a different side of business. Obviously, you're involved in business. We're in different professions and have different business structures. Um, so maybe it could be a place to start by telling maybe our listeners what it is you do and what's your company. Yeah, so our business is service.com.au. So it's an online platform that connects everyday Australians with trades and service providers. Um, so as uh, my business partner Jake likes to, 
to describe it these days. If the Yellow Pages and Uber had a baby, <laughs> um, you kind of get what we do. So essentially, if you're looking for a plumber, a builder, or a handyman, you can log on. You can find all the businesses in the local area. Or if you don't care for who it is that you want to use or you time poor, I guess, you can actually put the job in and then we'll send the tradies to you. At that point, you can then verify, vet them, and um, we'll give you information about their qualifications and who they are and reviews and that kind of stuff. So that's essentially what the business does. Yeah. And I was like, I've been able to watch it firsthand grow because when, how long has it been around for? I think you got start. you weren't, you started with them when they started to or a little bit after when the company. Yes. I mean, the initial idea has been around for probably six or six and a bit years. Um, so Jacob used to work with the Yellow Pages, um, which um, everyone would know. It's a traditional print directory. So he used to sell the same sort of principle in the, um, in the, uh, print advertising world as it were and then take take that concept and the idea was to try and put that into digital so that was maybe six and a half seven years ago and then we were all working together at, um, myself and Jacob and Dexter were working in a face to fails face to fails <laughs> there's a fail um, a face to face sales role um, and Jacob sort of presented this idea um, and I think everyone can sort of has their own tradie or DIY fail story um, so after a few conversations um, we all got started and we, we were doing it sort of part time maybe five years ago now um, so we were we were still selling um, on the side for another business and then we're doing this sort of anywhere between sort of four or five hours a day wow that's yeah. so cool I love how first of all I love how everything's gone digital yeah Seven years ago, you guys started, right? Yeah. So obviously seven years ago, you guys started seeing like times are changing, everyone's online. Yeah. And we're just in an era now where like literally we live on technology. Yeah, it's crazy. And so for maybe people who are listening in and maybe they're thinking about how starting their own business, like or like what inspired you to kind of get involved? Like if you're already working somewhere else, what, what made you kind of want to do this and do your own thing? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see... The role I was in before, there was no long-term future. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a, a, an ideas person. I didn't know if I was going to be the one that would come up with the idea, but I always knew um, that I had a different set of skills to offer. And um, when the boys were talking, um, I've got a background in the UK. My, my family owns a, a builder's merchant, so I grew up actually on the phones dealing with tradespeople and, and selling um, materials to tradespeople. So there was a lot of things that sort of aligned. Um, and I think at the time I was impressed with the guys giving it a go and I was like, yeah, I think I've got something valuable to offer there. So um, in terms of, I wouldn't say I've, I've come up with the idea. I certainly was um, someone that just saw an opportunity and thought that I could contribute to that. That's cool. So I have a question for you because I've always been in business in by myself. Yep. What's it like being in business with two other people? Like, is it easy? Is it hard? Does it drive you nuts? Are you grateful? Like, what's what's it like? And um, that's it's a massive combination of those. Um, it's there's there's a few things to that question. I mean, the I'll start with the the best thing is that no matter what business you're in, no matter what you're doing. You, it's not going to be easy. Um, there's going to be t- 
times which test you, the business, test everything. Um, there's going to be times where you don't want to do it, where you, you've had enough and you, um, you're not interested anymore. Now, having two other people in that, um, you normally one or two of the others are still going to be um, pumped. They're going to have the energy. They're going to so to have other people drag you along with that. Yeah. Um, that's a massive positive, um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be in the form of business partners. It, it helps really early on, um, but there's definitely different ways you can cultivate that same thing um, when when you're going through that journey. Um, when you when you have business partners, it's it's important. It's not just about you. Um, so you have to you have to understand that people are going to have different opinions, um, particularly when you start out fresh in the first first twelve months or something. Everyone's it's it's like the honeymoon period, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's going to come points where um, where you don't agree and um, where you, there are sort of tough conversations you have to have. Um, so I suppose those are probably the the harder things if you buy yourself you you don't have anyone else to answer to um but yeah i think i think it's important to have other stakeholders that doesn't necessarily mean they have to own a part of the business or they have to be involved directly um but somebody else to 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 drag you through those tough times is good yeah um so i'd say yeah it's it's a there's there's positives and negatives pros and cons Mm. um but yeah i mean i haven't I haven't done a business by myself, so I couldn't really talk on that um, on that side of things. But that'd be definitely. Um, it has its pros and cons. Yeah, <laughs> I really like though how you said it's not about you because I think something that I can't really relate to because I guess in our business structure we don't have employees. And I know even some things that you come and every time you come home we might talk about stuff in business that you're always you're not thinking about you actually have a lot of employees that you've got to think about as well. So. How do you kind of, who do you talk to or how do you kind of consult, who do you consult when you need to make decisions? Like who helps with the decisions? And like even how many employees do you have? How does that come into the mix as well? Yeah, so we're at about, um, we, we have a direct sales operation. So um, anybody knows that knows that industry, it, it's quite a high turnover. So we're at about 16 sales staff. Um, and then we have two managers in that in that department if you want to call it um, and then in our other part of the business we've got two developers we've got um, two girls that work on our customer care and customer support um, and then we have um, a girl that works alongside our developers in design um, another lady that takes care of all our HR so um, as I said we have a high turnover in our sales so we do a lot of training a lot of um, interviews so all up the, the business is about 25 um, it's a little army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You even have to like get a bigger office this year. Was it last last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've now got two offices side by side. But I guess in terms of who you speak to, and again, that's evolved in in the in the journey of the business. Um, I have uh, a mentor within the business that I turn to um, more just to, I think, especially in the role that I'm in and, and I've done a lot of sort of reading and, and looking at other people that are in that position um, it's very much a case of make the decision go with your gut feel do what you feel is right and then quite often what will happen is you'll go to people to justify that mm. now sometimes that's not doesn't give the, the ideal outcome um, but there's decisions that need to be made in the moment um, and people are coming to you for that answer because you've been put in that position 
um, and trusted to be in that position that you're going to make the right call. So, yeah, there's there's people that I'll turn to to, to be like, this is what I'm thinking, give me your take on that. Um, and I think that's always important to have people that you can um, just speak to and, and justify your approach. They're not always going to say, yeah, you did the right thing, but mm. it's going to give you, and I think it's important to actually outwardly um, seek how could I improve? How could I have done that differently? Um, what would you have done in that scenario? If you're always seeking praise for what you do, then you're probably not going to learn and, and be better either. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got for starting a business in a partnership, like when Loz and I decided to do this podcast, was to create a triad. Like, well, obviously you already have a triad, so you need to make a square <laughs> with a fourth person. So, like, have another person that's involved that doesn't make any income from the business, yep. isn't involved in any way, shape or form. They're just literally like Switzerland and yep. you come to them with ideas, whether you both have a different idea or you both can't decide on something and that person makes a decision, for, not a final decision, but puts their two cents in so that then you can, as a team, make a decision. I thought that was a really good idea. Yeah, 100%. Like I think you speak to, you look at successful people and people that are, um, that I I read about or I um, look up to or whatever and they're all about surrounding yourself with, with people that can do the things you can't and that have experience in the areas that you don't and I think that's a, um, a good point and you talk about mentors and that kind of thing they're the people that you should go to not to say how do I do this but what's, you, what's your opinion this is what I'm thinking um, and, and if they are separated from um, the actual day-to-day and they don't have a, a stake in what's going on, then you, hopefully you're going to get non-biased advice as mm. well. Mm. So I think that's good. It's a good point. I think um, I wanted to touch on as well because I know and we talk about this all the time, there's so many people who work, like they want to do their own business and they see all the success stories. Like even I'm thinking people looking the outside in, they might see you you're talking at some entrepreneurial events now. If you've seen it been on the news, it's articles being written about you, which is cool. But they probably haven't seen what's gone behind the scenes for the last four years and how hard you do work. And I know Dan gets up at 5.30 in the morning. I'm lucky to see him at 7 o'clock at night. Like, he works Monday to Saturday. Um, and I was saying at the start before we even jumped on, I think I learned a lot about business from you because when I started my business, I was still working in the government. I had that employee-employer mentality where I kind of like, I show up, I get paid, I go home. If I don't get paid, I don't show up. And I remember at the start when you were grinding, like you were putting a lot in at the start. And I remember not seeing that much financially coming back for the work you were putting in and being like, so how long are you going to give this? Like, when are you, like if, it's, if it doesn't work by 12 months from now, are you going to go get a proper job? Like, do you remember that, me being in that mindset? Yeah. Dush. I know. Now I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I, but I definitely agree that I think watching you and I think you actually, I don't think you convinced me. Like, I just learned from you walking your talk, but. Maybe could you probably speak to what the first couple of years in the business looked like and what, what sacrifices you did make to get to kind of where you are today? Um, yeah, I think it's you, you've got to have um, belief and you've got to be doing something you think has a place and it's going to gonna get somewhere, I guess, is the, the main thing. So call it a vision. Um, um, I, have, I still have really strong belief in what we're doing um, I think there's a place for it I think we're, we're helping a lot of people um, both people looking for our service to find tradespeople and the tradespeople themselves um, so I think there's 
there's some real commercial value there. Um, and then from that, I believe that from the work that we've done, we've got um, some potential to do some good things going forward. So I think it all comes back back down to finding something or um, understanding that this has potential and seeing something that's got potential and then believing in it because if you don't believe in it, why would you put yourself through it? Um, yes, I, it's, it's, I don't think anything worth doing is, is going to come easy. Um, and, and I think it's always good to... Um, I think when we were in Vegas, actually, I think it was the, um, the guy from the US um, Navy who was really successful and he said like yes it's hard but hard compared to what you know like mm. like it's not hard compared to like what going to, to war go or something you know yeah. and um or even anyone that's traveled you go to to different places in the world and you see how some other people live like yeah giving up at five thirty and getting home at seven that's not hard mm. like not really like it's 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 putting in work because you want to achieve something and you want to be in a better position down the track. But, um, yeah, I, I think some people get so caught up in the fact that they're, they're grinding, they're hustling, you know, like I'm like, yeah, I, I get that and I respect that, but it's not, it's not compared to, I mean, ridiculous percentages. I think I heard on the radio the other day, if you're earning over $78,000 a year, you're not even in the top 1%. You're like in the top, like point zero something or other yeah. right? so put that into context you know mm. um, so yeah I mean uh, yeah I put the hours in because I thought it was it would be worthwhile yeah. I guess that's probably the answer to that and question. seven years later like oh, I think the I, to say that the first two years we were doing much is probably uh, probably <laughs> probably a disservice so I'd say five years really yeah. probably even 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 the first probably year we we didn't take it seriously we didn't give it probably the time still sometimes at the moment I think we Mm. don't give it the time and the respect um that it probably deserves um I mean even we have a bit of a joke our our staff leave at well the knockoff time's 4.15 and I think back to even when I was growing up um working back in the UK you'd turn up at 7.30 and you'd leave at 5.30 like yeah. I think in Australia in general, um, I've got a lot we of... We love knock-off time. We love, yeah, especially <laughs> Friday afternoon after 2pm. 2, 2 there's probably not much that goes on in the yeah. world of um, <laughs> trades, you know, like, and that's who, who we're dealing with. So I find that an interesting concept too. <laughs> but, like, I'm sure there are so many people listening or watching that are probably starting a business up and listening to that maybe they've thought holy like I'm treating my business like a hobby not like an actual Mm. business and I think like moving forward like what you've been able to create in five years even even though you weren't treating it with the respect it needed to have back then like look what you've created in Mm. five years like I think people join a business sometimes for that short-term satisfaction like they just want money in their bank account they want some other type of income stream whether they're doing it on the side or they decide to do it full-time straight up a lot of people come into business with short-term vision and that's why they flop so much like so there's such a high percentage of businesses that don't work out but listening to that and and what you guys have done over five years and how much work you put in and you had that long-term vision and you believed in your product and your company I think that's a major major aspect of 
successful business. Yeah, and, and uh, that brings me to something else. And I'm pretty sure, again, that was in Vegas. We had so many good people over there. Um, and, and it really got me thinking, like, five years. I mean, like, to be a doctor, you go and study for at least five years. And not only will you not get any remuneration for it, you'll actually put yourself in debt, <laughs> you know. Going and doing a degree, going and do those things, which is a perceived increasing your value to then be able to go and um, demand more value when you go out to the workforce, um, you're still putting yourself behind before you get in front. So think of those time frames. You're talking f- three years just for a, a bachelor's degree. You're talking That's five cool. years or four, four years. years for a bachelor's degree. Oh, I did two, so seven. <laughs> Well, three in the UK, so much time. F- five years just to get your bit of paper to be a doctor, and then yeah. still take even forty thousand dollar hex debt. Or take it, even take away um, uh, education, go and do a um, an apprenticeship. You know, there's still a, a fairly significant period of time. I think even apprenticeships now two or three years. Um, like you're talking years. You're talking like you're not talking six months. You're talking a similar sort of period to what you've done. So then outweigh that between what you're trying to build in terms of your own business, which um, hopefully there's there's some value for it. Um, that someone's You've got some customers that want to go and pay you for what you're doing and, and there's some scalability and there's some opportunity for you there. Like surely that's worth putting in the same amount of time um, to then be able to dictate what you want to do in terms of your work life or at least have some influence in it, have some decision. Um, I think sometimes you're, you're right. You think people are just going to open up a business and all of a sudden they're going to be this um, multi-millionaire and everyone's <laughs> going to be like, oh, you own a business, you must be so successful. And it's like, well, that doesn't... Meanwhile, you just like <laughs> behind the doors. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't that just doesn't happen overnight. So I think that's always a really interesting contrast to look at. Well, what time are you investing, or you perceive is socially acceptable to invest um, in education and learning? Which I, I'm I'm a big advocate for. I'm not saying don't go to university or whatever, but think about that concept of like if you are going to start a business, you need to be thinking. Well, I need to learn how to run a business, and that's whether it's whether it's a traditional business or it's network marketing, whether um, whatever it is, whether it's a franchise or anything like that, it's not going to happen in a six-month period. Otherwise, we'd be giving doctor's certificates in six months as well. So. That's a good point. Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's something that we wanted to pick your mind about. We're having a laugh about this before. But we want to talk about sales. Mm. Like sexy we have sales. Sexy sales. So many people have a hang-up on this word <laughs> sales, but like... Essentially, obviously, every business, no matter what you're doing, it's a transaction of a other, and like a, an a product exchange. or an, it's a service. And so many people have like this blockage around receiving money or getting something in exchange for that. I know even or even can, saying like admitting that I'm selling something, selling something. <laughs> and I know so you probably you've probably come across people like this even in coaching when people so many people stuff as a health coach, whether it's a life coach, a health coach, a nutrition coach. Um, you get encouraged to go and do like a certain coaching at the start where you're not actually charging people for their money. But then it gets to a point, I've seen so many PTs who st- continue to give stuff away because like, I don't want to sell them. And it's like they have this hang up about actually getting some money in return for the service they're giving. I'd love for you to speak into sales. Do you sell and how do you sell and what's your mindset around it? Yeah, I mean, you both probably know I've got fairly strong opinions on this. Um, I think it all comes back to 
it comes back to our experience and and how sales is portrayed. Like I think about um, back when you're growing up, you probably think about going to the secondhand car yard and you see the the salesman there with his sovereign rings and his big gold chain, his slick back hair, um, and you're worried that you've just put down an amount of money and you're going to drive out and the 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 back wheel's going to fall off or something. <laughs> Or someone's going to knock on your door and they're going to offer you windows when you've already got a house full of windows. So um, I think it's to do with what we connect sales or being a salesperson to what is the generally accepted um, person that that looks like. Mm. And I think as soon as you say salesman, um, even with movies like The Wolf of Wall Street, like um, I think of all of those people that are perceived as the stereotypical salesman. Um, and the one thing that, that comes back to is more often than not, there's not either the product or um, what they're doing has, um, is not ethical. So most people's outward experience of a salesman, like you look at the Wolf of Wall Street, he gets locked up at the end of the, the movie for selling something that's not ethical. You look at um, a, a, a dodgy second-hand Car dealer. What was that TV series you were watching too? It had that sales in, sales in it. it was oh, as well. Yeah, I can't remember. The in-betweeners yeah. um, are in it, but I can't remember. Oh, White Gold. He's yeah, selling. He's selling um, double glazing, which is obviously a massive thing in the UK. Um, some years ago, it was like a big boom where everyone could go out and you could sell double glazing um, to the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny TV series. You should watch it. You'd like it. But again, the part of that story was the guy goes back and sells the old lady her original windows back into the house where he's put new windows in. So if you're watching that and this guy's as described as a salesperson, you think, well, that's what all that's salespeople what sales do. Like. So therefore, my uh, perception of sales is that it's it's dodgy. Bad. You know, it's it's um, there must be something wrong with it. So. For me, it all comes back to what is it that you're selling? What is it that you're, the product that you're doing? And, um, and do you have the belief in what it is that that does going forward? Um, because the reality is that in my mind, everything is sales. Um, and I've had some, some kind of interesting responses to some of the examples I use. So I apologize if people get offended by this. But um, like I believe in the, in the most rawest form your parents sell you from a very young age what's right and what's wrong. Um, and some people say, oh, but there's no monetary interaction in that, but I believe there's value. So what, what is value? Well, what is money? Well, it's, it's got a value to me, you know. Um, if you, let's, let's say your parents are convincing you don't do drugs, mm. for example. Like, why should you not do drugs? Well, it's going to be bad for your health. If, it's, if you get in that scenario, it's probably going to cost you a lot of money. So there's some value in that in terms of whether it's monetary or whether it's just what you believe is right or wrong. Um, and probably a, another example, I, I genuinely believe every interaction, you go to the doctor, he is going to recommend you take some form of uh, medication. Um, that is a sell. Like he's saying that based on what you've come in and told me, what your um, symptoms are, I believe it's best for you to go next door. And quite often, I mean, I know there's, there's heaps of reading you can do in, um, especially in the States where like pharmaceutical companies actually get a commission from doctors pushing certain um, drugs onto, mm. onto patients. So 
for me, every interaction is a sell. Even, I mean, I've even heard people um, go to seminars and they go, right, um, who's, who's a salesperson in the room? And then the people that don't put their hand up, I'll hear people like receptionists or something. And then immediately my mind's going, nah, they're selling. They're, yeah. they're influencing someone. They're, make, they're, they're trying to get someone to make a decision. I mean, um, whether that be like whether they decide this person can go and see the, the manager or whether they should go there, they're, they're still influencing that interaction. So, well, I, 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 for me, everything is sales. Like whether you're a plumber, whether you're a builder, you're trying to sell the customer whether they should use you or the next person, whether you're a doctor. Um, I, I genuinely believe there's a, an element of sales in that. Um, and I think that's, that's, once people can get their head around that, you can actually realise how... Um, how powerful it is and how in the right use in the right way um, can give you great success in, in business or in life in general um, and that's one of the biggest things we speak with our guys about is like regardless of what you do with us the things that we're going to teach you while you're with us you'll be able to implement um, in any walk of life whether that's going for your next job interview going for a pay rise that you want um like even in the next role whether it be like a direct selling of a, a product or you want to go start your own business like whatever it is even going to the bank manager to negotiate your mortgage like skills that you learn from accepting that sales is in everything will help you in everything that you do in my opinion so I uh, yeah I love it I love it. <laughs> I got all that up um, I could go on for hours but <laughs> Maybe a couple, couple of questions before we end up. Have you got any that are burning? I've, that was awesome. I wanted to talk about sales because I know a lot of people are so afraid to say that they're involved in sales, like even like in the health industry or even social media influencers, like they're salesmen, 100%. sales people, like people who get paid to promote a product, That that's sales. So I think I love what you said because... When, being in business you have to understand you're in sales and there's nothing wrong about that you have a product you have something that you want to give to people I think That's if people saying. understand that in life everything like you walk into McDonald's yeah you say I'll have a medium Big Mac and fries <laughs> yeah what's the first thing they'll say back to you do you want to upgrade with that Is no like they don't even ask you they go say, they, they literally yeah. go so, so that's a large with coke yeah they do too and I'm always like yes <laughs> and, <laughs> and most people won't even compute that but I go in there and I go oh yeah nice I like it yeah, yeah. And, and that again everything around us like is trying to influence us to make decisions um, and for me as long as it is ethical and the product behind what you're doing um, you believe in um, and it's not going to wind you up in jail like our <laughs> good friend good friend Jordan I hope he's not Listen to I'm a big fan of his, by the way. He's out of jail now. He's out of jail. Again, he's the first one to admit that what he was doing was unethical, but now has made uh, a life off the back of it yeah. by taking what he was doing and teaching it to people that are using it ethically. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think if you can understand that it, it is not even just in a profession, it's all around you. And when you can become conscious of that, you can actually... Put, um, take it and use it to your advantage mm. um, even we're, we're listening to the Barefoot Investor at the moment and, and 
ringing up, negotiating your insurance. Mm. Um, I think I, I always call it the lazy tax. Every year people just renew their insurance when really you could go and have a quick conversation. Um, so I think it, yeah, I think it starts with taking a different viewpoint on it, understanding that the reason it's everyone doesn't want to do it is because, well, that's what we're conditioned to to compare it to like the greasy yeah. the greasy car salesman or um, or someone on the end of a phone trying to flog you a new electricity bill or something like that. <laughs> um, what is your favourite book on sales for anyone who's listening and needs to up their game in that department? Do you have a goodie? Yeah, my, probably the, f- the first one that I read that I really sort of clicked with was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, so I think that's a, a really good place to start. Um, I do love that book. It is. It taught yeah. me how to be not so socially really awkward. awkward. <laughs> I was such a social awkward person. Like, seriously, I still am. Like, what do I do with these? <laughs> but I do love that book. Another one that I love actually is Pitch Anything. Yeah. Mm, I, I got this one. I got Dan to read that. How good is that? Yeah, it's, it's about really. about seating and framing and closing. Yeah. Like, and everything's like a power play. Yeah. Like, that really winged me out. I was like, did Oh my god! We went out for breakfast. I was like, oh my god, it's a power play. Oh my god, they came over to me first. I've got to, sh- I've got to show my power. <laughs> like everything, it's crazy. But again, I think I think it's about. Well, for me, it's like listening to those things, understanding the concept, understanding how that's used in everything that we do, and then going out there and and identifying it, and not in a, not in a defensive way. I think so many people are so defensive that they're being sold to, and I know that people don't like being like sold and, and I understand that, that concept but to me it's not a dirty thing if it's if it's being done in an ethical way mm-hmm. like uh, even uh, my business partners say I am the easiest person to sell anything to which you'd think that because <laughs> you're just, in sales <laughs> yeah but like genuinely I'm like if, if I like the look of what it is and it makes sense to me I'm, I'm buying yeah. Um, and I think that may, be, that may be actually a negative thing from understanding it because I don't have the barriers and the hang-ups of people calling me up. I'll get, I'll get that many um, tele-sales calls and I'll listen. <laughs> Most people would be like, nah, go away, understand what you do. But I'll be like, yeah, no, I'll listen to you because I want to understand not only what it is first and foremost, but I actually want to understand what they're trying to do to, to get me to buy mm. into whatever it is that they're doing. So mm. I like it. Maybe I won't hang up on the next telemarketer <laughs> that <laughs> It's like, hmm. Well, take some notes. Yeah. Do, good. <laughs> Give them some feedback at the yeah. end. Okay, so what's been your biggest lesson in your business journey? Oh. Someone asked me this the other day, actually. I mean, there's, there's so many, like every day you learn, there's, there's so many... Um, so many things that you walk in that um, that get thrown in front of you that you learn. I mean, we've we've wasted so much money; it's ridiculous. <laughs> We're lucky that we um, we've been able to create an environment where people can come in and and generate the money to to make up for the money that we've wasted. But I think I don't know if it's a lesson. I think it's something that I've come to learn in general. I think like consistency persistence like those are the things that are going to make the difference um yes it's good if you have someone that's good at um skilled or you have a good idea or you have a good product or or those things but foundationally the fact that we 
just always keep turning up and we always keep coming back and um, we have big mumps, we'll have slow mumps, we'll have legal letters under the door, we'll have whatever. You just keep turning up and keep doing it mm-hmm. and that comes back down to just not giving up, I guess. Mm. I, I don't know if that's that's a lesson um, grit. in such. Grit. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've, you talk about grit. I think it's, yeah, it's paramount. Like if you if you don't have that, then you don't really, I don't think you have a business. You've got an employee, employer mindset. Yeah, you either, if you, without that, you're, you're hoping to win the lottery, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so for anybody who's listening, they want to kind of see where you're at and suss out service.com.au. Yeah. Work on their head. Well, jump on the website first. Um, put an inquiry in. Hire a tradie. <laughs> um, and that's great. And we love feedback on that. So we're always working on that. We're the three of us are not techno techno people. So we started out with some um, very rough around the edges, shall we say, product. But we're working on that. But yeah, head over there. Um, I, I'm on LinkedIn. That's, that's a pretty LinkedIn's pretty like standard. the new thing yeah. I need to get on there I think I am I've got like this really crappy little profile but yeah. I need to up my LinkedIn game how many businesses do you have with you on service.com on the platform uh, we have 5,000 businesses that pay a subscription to us but the oh, the last count we had about 80,000 businesses Australia wide um, that you can actually look at yeah so awesome. basically when a business pays, they get access to the inquiries and stuff that come through and they get additional benefits for being on there. So Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for no Thank you. letting us pick your brain. <laughs> like I said, I know this is stuff we talk about on our dinner dates anyway, but it's cool just to let other people hear like what we chat about on the weekends, um, maybe <laughs> why we know what we know. Like We enjoy talking about this kind of stuff, and I think I've learned a lot just from the people I surround myself inside and outside mm-hmm. of work, and we're always recommending the next book to watch or like we said we went to Vegas all together because we wanted to go to a business conference I was over there so mm-hmm. I think um, a big thing in business is surround yourself with people who lift you up and I know that's something that you spoke about as well like I learned something from you every day I learned something from you every day so mm-hmm. thanks for jumping on and helping us share that with other people as well no worries thanks thanks babe we hope you loved that episode of the Babes Talking Business vlogcast. Guys, we're just loving bringing you these episodes. Our mission is to share and add value to your week, whether you're a budding entrepreneur or you're a veteran in the owning your own business game. Don't forget, if you're loving our podcast, we would like love for you to rate us and drop us some love on the iTunes app because we want to know your feedback. We want to know what you're thinking. Once a week, one lucky reviewer will be shouted out on our Instagram. So when you leave us some feedback on the iTunes app, don't forget to include your Instagram handle and or your website so that we can shout you out. Guys, you can follow us on Instagram by going to at Babes Talking Business. You can check out our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com and This podcast is actually a vlogcast as well, meaning you can watch each and every single interview by heading over to our YouTube channel. All the links for all of these are below in the podcast notes and on our website as well. Thanks for tuning in.